Welcome to None of This Is Real, the podcast for all things mysterious and weird. I'm Doomsday Domini. <laughs> I'm Sarah Sinkhole. I'm sinking in a hole, y'all. Looking like a background artiste from Edward Scissorhands. Yes, that is the name of the look we're going with. That's what Lorenzo told me this morning. And I think yes. it's perfect. It does. You do look like someone from that neighborhood. Oh, absolutely. So I have good. I have on a jacket that you gave me for my birthday. Well, actually, this is my Christmas jacket that we didn't get to yes. see each other for Christmas. This is my Christmas present. Yes, it's. I, I give got. you your <laughs> Christmas present on your birthday. I got your birthday present in the mail after your birthday, so I'll give you that in April. <laughs> you know what? Let's just celebrate our birthdays every day. It's every day's a good day to be alive, isn't it? That's right. I'm reborn every morning when I wake up. So technically it is my birthday. (laughs) Well, one way to celebrate um, being alive is to join us on Patreon, y'all. We're revamping things over there and we're adding some really fun stuff. That's true. We are. Bonus content so you can hear us rant about stuff. Yes. Random ranting. Uh, we're going to take a bunch of different tests to see what our different abilities are. Well, what? So yeah, that's and so be fun. for the ranting, we're not going to rant about like serious stuff. Well, we'll try. I mean, we make no promises, but it's like we, we cannot <laughs> make any promises. Little stuff, you know, the things that just get on your nerves every day, and you you let them go by, but secretly they're nagging at you, and it's very cathartic for me to hear other people talk about those things. <laughs> maybe it will be cathartic yes. for you. Maybe it will, and maybe you will also um, find these things annoying, like we do. Pet peeves, if you will. Pet peeves, and then um, the, so the first test that we take is a demon test and that will be available um early on in april if you listen to see if we're possessed (laughs) to see if we do indeed have demons inside of us i'm not going to tell you if what the answer is no but i will tell you that (laughs) trigger warning on that one (laughs) seriously i will put a trigger warning in there because we mentioned some really heavy topics because that demon test is a doozy like (laughs) wasn't expecting it and then we have merch on there, Patreon-exclusive merch that you created. Yes, I did do that. It's special. You can't get it anywhere else. It's just for turkey buzzards. Because you're special, and we can't get you anywhere else. There's only one of you. Oh No. No. We love you so much. <laughs> Truly, we do. So, yeah, go check it out. Yeah, we, we need patrons so that we can have money for time machines and more wigs okay okay yes please I, just we kidding we will actually put all the money towards making our podcast better <laughs> yeah we'll be able to provide more content more episodes etc so on that note i don't know why it's on that note but i want to ask you a question sarah sinkhole okay what is it i am on pins and needles and all fours <laughs> Did anything weird or mysterious happen to you this week? I turned 39. (laughs) Me too. Oh my God. Hey, you did too. So that's pretty weird and mysterious because honestly, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel like at 39, but I don't feel that different than I did approximately 20 years ago. I mean, I'm more informed and I'm probably angrier or I I, I have focused my anger (laughs) at the very least. Yes. Uh, I have evolved, but the core things are still pretty much exactly the same. <laughs> I know. I don't feel... I feel probably better than I did 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. I'm taking better care of myself. Sure. <laughs> that is for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, wait, you're not going to tell us the other weird thing that happened to you? Are we skipping that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I, I did get a fiancé for my birthday. So there's that. I have a fiancé. That's what we call each other. Fiancé. Oh, fiancé. Fiancé. Chante. Sachet. What else? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Work. Y'all, Sarah's getting married. I'm so happy for her. I am getting married. My very uh, Catholic grandma and my very Christian grandfather will be very pleased to hear that I shan't be living in sin with my bastard child anymore. <laughs> God, what is wrong with people? 
I'm just excited that I get to go to your wedding this time. And <laughs> oh yeah, it's just gonna be a big old party where mm-hmm. I dress like Gandalf the White. So with a beard. <laughs> Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Instead of a veil, like a bridal veil, you can have a Gandalf beard that you lift up when... Oh, my God. It's That's time it. to kiss. Genius. And, and Lorenzo is going to love it. <laughs> You're welcome, Lorenzo, for that hot take <laughs> on your wedding. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Ah, well, congratulations anyway, yeah. publicly on Thank the podcast. You. I was like... Well, when you texted me the picture of your ring and your face and you and Lorenzo together, I was on the toilet and I was like screaming <laughs> and I couldn't get up and do a dance because I was busy. <laughs> but I did yeah, as soon that as I could. Messy. <laughs> but oh, yeah, too very funny. exciting. I love love. Nothing. None of this is real except for love. That's right. That's what we always say. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, what weird thing are you going to tell me about? Pick oh one. lord! Well, I had a birthday. I saw you. Um, that was pretty rad. We traipsed around in the daffodils, and we did do that. Oh, I got a vaccine, so that was cool. That is very cool. Uh, lots of great things that could be weird, or they're just they're wonderful and weird. Oh, and we got to play Taboo together on the same team, which <laughs> no one ever allows it to happen except my mom and Jay. No, and since they played with us yep. then we, we are not to allowed it. to be partners on that game <laughs> also i will i will i've made a rule for myself going forward i don't want to play taboo if kathy is not involved if your mom isn't playing it's just not worth it she's she is the highlight of that game what was it i can't remember yes. we wrote some stuff down that she said she was trying to get jay to guess bacon and she said, it smells good. Everybody loves it. Um, it's not a hog. It's Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Last, That's time, right. last time we played, she was making us laugh so hard. And then I made a joke. And your husband pushed me out of my chair onto the floor. So, like, That's I'm just... not playing with anybody but Kathy. <laughs> it has to be my mom. Well, and because we were, she was trying to get someone to guess convention and she said yes. dogs babies <laughs> she did say that and we were like totally clueless because those aren't clues and then when we saw what she was trying to make someone guess we lost it we were like baby convention what the hell is that yes i said baby con 2020 or whatever and that's when jay pushed me out of the chair <laughs> I think it was BabyCon like 2018 or whenever. I don't know when that happened, but it was good. Oh, it was that was fun. It's good it was stuff. a gas. That's my recommendation for this episode: play Taboo with Jamini's mom. <laughs> yeah, go to her house, knock on the door, ask if she wants to play a game, and she'll say, "Oh, sure. You want some coffee? Sure, I'd love to. You want some decaf? We can play a game. Are you hungry?" Are you hungry? You look tired. Do you want to take a nap? Do you want to move in? Just stay forever. <laughs> I have plenty of room in the basement. That's what she always tries to get me to do, at least. She never move lets in. me leave. Yeah. No. <laughs> She's like, don't go home. Just stay. All right. Well, enough lighthearted stuff. Let's talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not going to get. It's going to. It's going. It's all downhill from here. Y'all. All downhill from here. Morning. It's, it's a it's a wild ride today. Um, we're going to talk about faith healing and psychic surgery. Yes, we so. are. And I'm going to try to keep my <laughs> skeptical rage to a minimum. Well, I will. I'm going to talk about faith healing and I'm going to tell you my sources. So. Please do. What is the history of faith healing by Dr. Deborah Fulgham Bruce? Religion and Health, Exploration of Attitudes and Health, Perceptions of Faith Healing Users in Urban Ghana. Wow. Faith Healing Shouldn't Work, But It Does by Dr. Nigel Barber. Pentecostal Healing by Dr. Simon Dean. The Placebo Effects Role in Healing, explained by Eric Vance. And, of course, forever and always, our dear, dear friend... I wonder if the microphone just picked up my jaw popping like crazy while I did that. 
I don't know, but I just noticed your coffee cup with flamingos all over it, and I cannot. I felt like it was appropriate for my outfit. It goes it goes perfectly with your headband, actually. It's, or your bow. It does. On your head. So matchy-matchy today. So I'm going to talk about the various, um, like, just in general, what faith healing is. And then I'm specifically going to talk about one part of Christianity that practices it because it's one I'm more familiar with that I grew up hearing about. Right. Um, but it exists yeah, all over. We do over. live in the Bible Belt. So, and then I'm gonna talk a little bit about fraud and a little bit about the psychology, and then oh, I'm gonna go take a nap. Oh, my my notes are long, so here we go. Oh goodness, mine are long too. This might be a long one, y'all. Faith healing is the practice of prayer and gestures, such as a laying on of hands, that are believed by some to elicit divine intervention in spiritual and physical healing. Um, and a lot of times, it is talked about in the context of the Christian practice. But it is not just a Christian practice. It's practiced in many cultures all over the world. It's prehistoric and it dates back to antiquity. Not my word. That's a copy paste. In many countries. <laughs> I don't often say. I've never heard you say antiquity before. No, but I'm going to start. It's a good word, isn't it? <laughs> it's a good word. Antiquity. I guess my antiquity. I guess my topic kind of falls under the umbrella of faith healing. Okay, so. Evidence for its use in ancient Egypt is found in the Ebers or Ebers, I'm not sure, uh, papyrus dated at around 1552 BC. And this document describes the use of people laying their hands on others in order to provide medical treatment. And centuries before the birth of Jesus Christ, the Greeks used therapeutic touch in their temples for healing the sick. It's also mentioned in the writings of, oh, wish me luck, Aristophanes. Ooh, that was good. D you did that. Good job. And those writings also describe the use of laying hands on a person to restore sight. Restoring a blind person's wow. sight. So That's a big one. Right. Although, <laughs> you know, it's hard to prove because it was a real long time ago. So, so I am going to talk for a second about... Christianity, and because many people interpret the Bible, especially the New Testament, as teaching the belief in or the practice of faith healing. And according to the New Testament, Jesus cured all kinds of physical ailments that were well outside the capacity of the medicine they had at the time. And his healing acts were considered miraculous and spectacular because they were, they were thought to be impossible or at least improbable. One case is the example of, um, here's a quote, it's gross, a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much oh under many physicians and had spent all that Ugh. she had and was not better but grew rather worse, and that's in the book of Mark. Ugh. So I don't know what what would cause you to just bleed for 12 years. I don't, I don't know, but it sounds bad. Woman. After healing her, Jesus tells her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You're cured from your illness. So that's one of the examples that's often cited. I will say, of course, that virtually all scientists um, and doctors dismiss faith healing as pseudoscience. Um, here's a, a take on it from the American Cancer Society. They say, quote, death, disability, and other unwanted outcomes have occurred when faith healing was elected instead of medical care for serious injuries or illnesses. So when patients have practiced faith healing rather than medical care, a lot of people have died that would have been expected to live. So, yes, that is the part of all of this, you know, and I do want to let's just put this out there before we get any deeper. We are not shitting on people's beliefs and their belief systems and religions. We are shitting on people who take advantage of sick and suffering people's beliefs. Yeah, and you'll, I mean, I think that's that will what be, we're shitting on. That will become clear. <laughs> and you know, yeah. you know us, you know us so well. And I, look, you know us, you know me. <laughs> uh -huh. I do believe I do. that this works in some cases, and I'm going to get to that. And and there's, there's okay. um, research for it. So, Got it. Okay. It's not all Excited. bullshit, but there are people who take advantage. And I'll also talk about the fraud. That's why I had to include that. <clears throat> so, yes, of course. Oh, and I wrote, but Jesus was a cool guy. I know because we smoke joints together. I've told you this. Um, 
<laughs> there true. are many accounts of him in the Bible that also endorsing the medical practices of the time in addition to the faith healing. So we're we're taking, yes. you know, we're balanced here. We're balanced. <laughs> now, specifically, I want to talk about the Pentecostal church because there, there are people all over the world who practice um, different types of faith healing. Specifically, in the United States, I'm going to talk about the Pentecostal church because if I talked about everything... We'd be here for six hours. So I'm just going to... Oh, yes. We definitely would be. Yes. And this is just something I grew up hearing about. So I'll I'll stick to what I kind of already have a base for. So the Pentecostal church comprises a quarter of the world's two billion Christians and is growing rapidly. That's actually a statement from 2011. So it's probably grown more since then. And they said the largest growth has occurred in the Caribbean, South America, and Africa. And that's from 2005. This is kind of old research, but um, and there's a, like that. a lot of that's due to, yeah, missionaries and stuff. But I will say it's interesting. There were a lot. I lived in, um, well, technically it was Little Armenia is what it was called. But they, in L.A., they had thought about changing the name of the neighborhood to Little um, El Salvador or Little San Salvador or so I can't remember which, but because a lot of El Salvadorian people lived in the neighborhood and there were a lot of Pentecostal churches, like in a strip mall, it was interesting. And so I would walk, I would walk the dog and like be walking past these churches and look, I would kind of look in and watch for a second and like, wow, they are really getting down in there. It's fascinating. <laughs> they do get down. Um, I have only been to one church. That did, didn't have Pentecostal in the name, but they uh, spoke in tongues and they did faith healing. And I was fine. I like I just wanted to see what it was like. So I went with a friend and we sat in the back. We actually saw our high school science teacher. She was like, come sit in the front row with me. And we were like, oh, oh no, we're going to stay <laughs> near the door in case we have to flee. But they did. They put like a cloth over people and touched them and prayed. And I was like just observing Whatever, but I we did choose to leave it, the service when they started saying that Catholics worship the Virgin Mary and they're going to go to hell. And I was like, you know what? I'm good here. Bye. Right. Yeah. I don't really. I never went into any of these places because I was like, this is their thing. Um, I'm just gonna keep walking my dog here. But right. I, yeah. When you start insulting other people's beliefs, that's when we don't like it. I gotta go. <clears throat> gotta go. Gotta get out of here. Okay. So here are the key aspects that I thought were interesting of the Pentecostal faith. Individuals need to make a personal commitment to faith and through this presence of the Holy Spirit will become manifest in them. So they believe that the Holy Spirit works through them um, right. if they have enough faith, right? So two, yes. the Holy Spirit will most often be present through speaking in tongues or other supernatural phenomena. Yeah. Three, the experience of adult baptism is central to your practice <clears throat> Four, scripture is interpreted literally that's my least favorite oh no i don't like <sighs> that number five the style of worship is emotional with the dynamic preaching number six god Ooh. rewards materially as well as spiritually and number seven there is a culture of tithing or giving back to the church which is that's among a lot of standard places, practice so, yeah a researcher named Paloma, which was from one of my sources, in 1989 surveyed 1,275 members of one large Pentecostal de denomination. 91% reported experiencing a definite answer to prayer requests. 67% had spoken in tongues. 62% experienced a miraculous healing within the past year. 50% oh, wow. heard God speak to them in a dream or a vision. And 30% experienced giving a prophecy believers practice laying hands on the sick like described in the bible and this is done in an imitation of jesus they believe that the cause of many illnesses is demonic possession or spiritual entities and that's what you're curing so that is unfortunate it's a lot so that's one of the big uh, denominations here in the states that practices faith healing and and a lot of it can be problematic which i'm going to go into right now in my section entitled fraud <laughs> so oh no <laughs> while i do go. believe it's like i have no problem with people obviously like going into their church and you know getting 
wrapped up in the spirit and this and that. But like no, when you're trying to dupe people and get money from them, it's fucked up. So here we go. Skeptics of faith healers point to fraudulent practices such as plants in the audience with fake illnesses. <clears throat> That's one of the biggest ones. But there have also been legal controversies. And here's my one example that I think is enough to give you an idea. <laughs> okay. In 1955, at a revival service in Miami, Florida, healer, heavy quotation marks, Jack Coe, told the parents of a three-year-old boy that he healed their son of polio. Jack Coe then told the parents that they needed to remove the boy's leg braces. However, their son was indeed not cured of polio, and removing the braces left him in constant pain. So as a result, Jack Coe was arrested and charged on February 6, 1956 with practicing medicine without a license, which is a felony in the state of Florida. Unfortunately. Oh, no. Florida Justice, the Florida Justice of the Peace dismissed the case on the grounds that Florida exempts divine healing from the fucking law. And in quotation marks, I wrote, No, Florida! I wrote, fucking Florida. (laughs) Fucking Florida! Why would you? No, 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 no. Those are the ones that, uh uh-uh. I hate, I'm mad. I'm angry. Are you ready for, this might make you feel a little more justified. And okay. All right, uh, I'm ready. Schaden, it might, here's some schadenfreude. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> Later that year, Coe was diagnosed with bulbar polio and died a few weeks later. Holy shit. He instantly wow. got payback from the Lord. I Instant don't know. Instant karma. Instant so, karma is going to get you. It got him. Wow. So, yeah. That is quite ironic. So if you, yeah, there were, there's just times when... It wasn't an audience plant. It was someone with a real illness. And they were like, no, 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 no. They're fine. Right. They're fine. It's, it doesn't we're work We're good that here. Way. Everything's great. So here's the psychology. I'm going to talk about that for a minute. From a scientific perspective, faith healing should not work. Yet sometimes it does work. And it's the same um, system as a placebo drug. So it's the placebo effect. So scientists recognize that there are some placebo effects that they they have trouble accounting for all of them. It's not as easy to measure because usually when you have a placebo, you're trying to measure the other thing. Right, (laughs) exactly. And as we said, the human brain is uh, a mystery and powerful and terrifying. (laughs) It can also it can also be helpful. So we'll try I'll try to stay optimistic here. Okay, good. I like that. Dr. Nigel Barber one of my sources, gave this example in the article that he wrote. One year, he says, my sisters and myself became infected with ringworm, a fungal infection that may be acquired from contact farm animals. The man with the cure was a local bachelor farmer who could be encountered early in the morning harvesting mushrooms in our pasture. He welcomed us to his cottage and treated our ringworm by drawing a wedding ring across each lesion, making the sign of the cross. They should be gone in a month, he said, and sure enough, all disappeared in about three weeks. A close friend had a similar experience with warts. The faith healer knotted pieces of knitting wool above each wart without touching it while reciting a Hail Mary. The warts fell off within a month. And then he says... Perhaps the cure had no connection with the outcome. Without treatment, the time course of recovery um, for the ringworm, he thinks it could have happened because it undergoes a spontaneous healing. But he says it is a seasonal phenomenon that characteristically flourishes during wet or humid seasons. And he he thinks that his specific case of ringworm would not have recovered for um, a couple of months, not just like a few weeks. So, sure. Okay. So that one, we don't know. But then he says the girl who had her warts, um, she had had them for at least two years. So the accidental recovery within a month was seemed a little more unlikely. And that makes sense. That's where we start to talk about the placebo effect, because if there is a history of successful outcomes, so... There's a guy, he lives near the farm. That guy who harvests the mushrooms, he can cure your ringworm. If you believe that, right. and you, you show up at the healer, um, then you already have the expectation 
a positive expectation of a cure. And it's the same, the opposite. I think we've talked about this before, where if someone says, oh, you only have six months to live, right? Right. Yes. Like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Might believe that. Yeah. Luana Koyoka, a placebo expert at the University of Maryland, has this to say about it. Every time we receive a treatment or a surgical procedure or an injection, we expect analgesia. We expect to get better. Any kind of expectation for improvement can trigger descending pain modulation in the brain. So they discovered this internal pain modulation in the 1970s when scientists found that some placebo effects were linked to endorphins or internal opioids that were released in the brain. Whoa, that is so awesome. Isn't this cool? So So cool. Over the next couple decades, a few dedicated experts pieced together how those chemicals were triggered by simple beliefs or expectations. And in the 2000s, when placebos entered the mainstream um, and scientists started to see those interactions in brain imaging machines, they could suddenly see in an imaging machine, how expectation, just your expectation, would release various neurotransmitters. In Parkinson's patients, dopamine was released, as well as cannabinoids, serotonins, or opioids that your brain makes. I didn't realize your brain makes its own opioids. (laughs) Yeah, it's really crazy. The brain is crazy. It's wild. In some of these studies, the patients were told they were taking actual medicine. Um, And in other other experiments, people even responded after being told that the medication was a placebo. So it was so strong that they were like, yeah, I don't care. (laughs) I guess. It's working. So cool. It's working. So scientists have since shown that placebos can produce powerful, measurable experiences that are triggered by conscious or unconscious expectations. And here's the difference between those two things. A conscious expectation would be generated through, um, among other things, but specifically the power of storytelling. So like I said, the guy over there, he can heal your warts. Right. Um, And my mom told a story about that. I'll have to get her to write it in. She had warts on her fingers and she had um, a woman heal her warts. Were you there when she told that story? Yes, it was when the it was when we it was your birthday a couple yeah. days ago, and she said, uh, basically, a witch wart whispered her. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get <laughs> her to write that. Short of it, yeah. And the woman told her that she could only share her secret with one other person ever. Apparently, it wasn't my mom because she didn't tell her. Right, it had to be the right person. It had to be a war a fellow wart whisperer. And, and that she would know the person when she met them. Um, so unconscious placebos are triggered by conditioning. So like, oh, I've taken this pill a hundred times and it always helps and that kind of thing. Makes so your sense. expectation can trigger your brain. So if I say I got a wart, I know this person can cure it. I'm going to go to her house in the woods. My brain is already starting to make in, oh, am I going to say this right? Endogenous, mm-hmm. endogenous, yes, it's endogenous, in- endogenous. It's one of the two opioids in the brain. You're the opioids your body makes, and they're extremely powerful. So they think they, being like the researcher that I found, per my sources, <laughs> that right, right. some conditions can be helped by placebo, and therefore could be helped by a faith healing. And those would be some of the examples they gave were pain depression, irritable bowel syndrome, anxiety, addiction, and Parkinson's disease, which was that study I mentioned. However, there are some things that cannot, like there's no evidence whatsoever that they don't, they do not um, respond to that expectation. Cancer, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, and Alzheimer's disease are things that they have found- They're just, it's just a, kind of embedded there. You need an additional treatment for it, right? Right. Um, Your brain cannot produce things that make that any better. Um, also, I thought this was interesting in my research that watching people receive healing or relief or cure, um, whatever you want to call it, can have a similar effect. So if I'm in pain and I watch you get healed, then I might feel better. Oh, interesting. Your brain. Placebo. 
And I will say, so that's all my research, but I will also say that I've seen these kind of things happen. This A couple of stories, they're not mine, so I won't tell them, but I've seen people have some very like, not not super serious, like never, I never knew anyone with cancer who went in for, you know, right, for example. Right, right. But other people who were in a lot of pain or they had a, a early onset of something and it was helped a lot. And maybe, you know, that could be just that combination of things, the expectation. If your brain is releasing right, these yeah. chemicals, maybe it's just lowering the the overall pressure in your whole body. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's um, what I have to say about faith healing and the placebo effect and fraudulent people and all of it. So <laughs> ugh, ugh. what do you think? <laughs> is any of that real? <laughs> um, I think the science is real. I think expectations and beliefs can cause you to get some relief. Yeah. I'd, and yeah. I think that that's amazing. And I wonder if there's a study where they did that with like skeptical people and believers. That would be interesting to find out. If they well, have. you and I could both go to a faith uh, healing together someday. Let's and- do it. Hit up the Patreon so we can afford a faith healer. That's the thing. If somebody's if somebody's telling you this is uh, this is the only way to cure your whatever. If they're asking you for money, if they're telling you to shun other treatments. Fuck them. I mean, I think, I think some people do, some people do require money for stuff like that. I don't know. Some people don't. I guess it depends on how in depth it is. But I don't think anybody should ever tell you not to get another treatment. Like if you're, oh no, if you have cancer, that's how you know. And they tell you not to go, you know, look for another treatment. Then I would be scared of that. Yes, I would be very skeptical. And like we've said many times, I have no issue. And it wouldn't matter if I did, because who gives a shit about what I think? But I have no issue with people's beliefs and, um, and prayers, making them, giving them comfort and making them feel better. But like, you know, beyond just like that guy, Co, he wasn't asking those parents for money. But if you're in the audience and the basket comes around time to tithe, you're going to put money in it because he's oh, yeah. convinced you of this thing. And it's going to cause more people up. to come next time and the look at, you know, watch the miracle or bring your kids. And I think, you know, if you're making those kind of decisions for yourself as an adult, that's one thing. If you're bringing your kid. Sure. That's, oh, no, don't you dare. I don't know. It's a tough conversation because you should also ha- get to say what, go, you know, happens to your kid, right? So. Of course, of course. But, ugh, that. That's very complicated. We Mm -hmm. we don't have to get into that now, I guess. But no. (laughs) Yeah. When I was on vacation one time in my early mid 20s, I came across this place called Christian Science Church or something. It says Christian and science on it. And I was like, I didn't know what it was. I hadn't come across this particular belief system before. And I was kind of stoked. I was like, what? Science and Christianity? This sounds interesting because I grew up with Christianity. And at that point, I probably would have called myself agnostic. I don't know. But I was like, ooh, maybe this will give me some insight or, you know, bring me back to the faith like my entire family wishes would happen. Um, And I went in there and I got some information. And I was like, oh, that's not what this is. This is like <laughs> religion is science. Don't go to the doctor. And I was this like, hey, not for me. <laughs> not for me. You guys take science out of your name because fuck that. Anyway. Um, there's, there is one, um, example that I will, uh, also say before, before I'm done (laughs) finally, but Uh because she's made her story public and it's really beautiful. Um, Thordis Elva is a, an Icelandic writer and, um, feminist who she was pregnant with twins and her water broke really, really, really early. And her doctors said, your, your babies are not going to make it. Like there's zero, like oh, there's no. almost zero chances not happening. Um, and she, of course, right. She went to the doctor. She did all the recommended things. She had um, like modern medicine and bed rest, everything they recommended. But she also asked yeah. for every one of her followers to pray for her and send light and all these things, right. Think about me, whatever right. it is. And she's 
the babies lived and they're like three years old now or something it was and then she's oh, like these goodness. are my miracle babies they weren't supposed to make it but she just decided oh. i'm not gonna listen to that prophecy you're giving right. me doctor i'm gonna right yeah i'm gonna keep hope alive basically yeah no i so. think that's a very important thing i think that i think that a doctors should give you as much optimism as they can without you know, without being dishonest. It, and it's a nice, yeah. I think it's a nice example of having faith, but also like, you know, taking modern medicine into account and getting yes. all the treatments you can. And I think one of the reasons yeah. they were trying to discourage her might have been because there was a uh, risk of infection for her. Um, right. But go read that her story. Sense. She's on Instagram. She talks about it. It's, it's amazing. So. But you tell me, tell me about psychic surgery, which I'm quite frankly, I, right. I Googled it very briefly and I'm quite horrified. So please oh, man. tell me all about it. Okay. Let me cite my sources first. A bunch of websites for heavy quotations, healers and surgeons, including one that I will quote from called therapies.com, a bunch of YouTube videos, and of course, forever and always, So I'm gonna I'm gonna warn you guys it's gonna get a little little gross and bloody. Um, so if that's not your thing, see you next episode. Love you. Bye. <laughs> bye. So I'm I'm gonna try to just explain the way objectively the way that psychic surgery works. Quotes, <laughs> My fingers are quotes. gonna get tired on this episode. <laughs> yeah, and the history, and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna fucking shit. So many science terms. I can't wait. It's going to be great. All right. So when you visit a psychic surgeon, this is what happens. Okay. They press the tips of their fingers against your skin and appear to push into your body. Some of them do use instruments, and I'll talk a little bit about that later, but generally it's just your hands, right? And then blood flows from the site. You can see it in all these videos. I watched a bunch of them. Blood comes out, so it's like, wow, something's really happening, right? Then the surgeon pulls a tumor, a cyst, uh, uh, some sort of evil substance or spirit, sometimes they say, uh, from the patient's body. Then when they wipe the blood away, there is no wound or scar. You are completely healed like it never happened. Because okay. it didn't. Um, <laughs> and they will be... <laughs> sorry, I said I was going to try. Sorry. They will be able to get right up off that table and do all the normal stuff with no issues other than maybe feeling a little bit tired. Sounds amazing, huh? Right? I guess. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these practitioners also use other treatments and therapies like chiropractic, massage, energy healing, stuff like that. Um, so, and they also pray over the patient before and after the quote-unquote procedure. Um, like I said, some use instruments and make real incisions. So they will, like, slightly cut you. I watched one guy use this really ornate knife. And it, and the person who he was doing it to was going, Ow! Ouch! That hurts! You know, like, Whoa. obviously in pain. And it looked like... If you want to watch it, watch it. Watch him. But it looked like he was digging it into the body. It was so disturbing. No thank you at all. Okay, and so they also use herbal salves and, and compresses that they make themselves... Um, Sometimes, like, they will pull what looks like organic material from the body. So, like, fleshy-looking lumps and substances. Uh, I watched one person pull a long, clotted piece of hair out of somebody's stomach. But um, Yeah. Sometimes they take out glass or other foreign objects that they say were placed there by evil spirits. Oh, man. That's so rude. Evil spirits are always placing glass in my abdomen and shit. There's, I just can't get Stop. away from it. Stop putting glass in my abdomen. I didn't get do anything. Get out of here. I'm just trying to live. Be gone with you. <sighs> so, uh, most problematically, some do claim that modern medicine cannot actually treat the conditions that the patients suffer from um, only they can. Of course. And that's really, really uncool. I'm not going to really mention any individual healers because I don't want to say their names or give them any attention. Um, 
One lady's website claims that people call her the modern-day Edgar Casey. so take do with that what you will. Oh, we have an episode about Edgar Casey. you can go back and listen to. We do. Check it out. It's interesting. Um, she also claims that her abilities have been proven through scientific study, but I... <laughs> Um, all the grains of salt here because the doctor who conducted those studies was the head of some holistic medicine group. So not objective whatsoever. Right. Problems, If you're problems. being studied by somebody who thinks that your shit is real, I don't think that that is necessarily reliable. I'm going to read some quotes from therapies.com. And this website is run by a guy who claims that he can heal you, like, you know, over zoom or whatever skype sounds great um but also organizes trips to the philippines and brazil which is where the majority of these psychic surgeries happen and they're upwards of like i can't remember 250 to 500 dollars for the visit not not necessarily a lot of money for some people but (laughs) you gotta also fly to brazil and like live there for a second yeah okay so quoting from the website Have you been diagnosed as having cancer, heart disease, diabetes 1 or 2, a stroke? Are you suffering from autoimmune, Lyme, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, high blood pressure? Has modern medicine failed to cure you? Are you ready to try something less invasive, something with a proven track record tested by hundreds of thousands worldwide over many years? So that's that's how they get you pulled in there. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over some claims that they say, uh, these psychic surgeons. Um, it doesn't matter what health problem you have. They can heal it all, y'all, all of it. Uh, they can completely melt or remove cysts, tumors, calcium deposits, pus, energy blockages, um, just using their hands or sometimes a scary knife. Uh, besides cancer, they can cure other serious diseases of the heart, liver, adrenal, thyroid, etc., and I'm like, when, when you say et cetera, you're pretty much just saying, like, all of it, everything. Anything. All of it. What's wrong with you? I got you, boo. They could give you a massive dose of healing energy, boost your immune system, tune the body, whatever that means, and remove blockages. Great. And they do this. They, isn't, doesn't it sound, like, too good to be true? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying so hard. They do all this by channeling spirit guides during the operation. And this is usually an actual doctor who has died. The spirit of an actual medical professional. Oh. Sometimes they have, they name them too. Like one dude says he knows exactly who he's talking to. Um, And at least one person says that they are channeling the man himself, Jesus. Also, if the first guide that they channel cannot help you, don't worry. They can just call another guide who has specialized in your issue. Gotcha. So... If it doesn't work the first time, keep giving us money, because we'll just talk to another dead doctor. Um, Here's some more information, or excuse me, more quotes from therapies.com. This one really... I'm looking at this website, by the way, along with you, because I was too curious not to. It's a very... Go ahead. ...well-made website, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) No, it's not. All right. Okay. So therapies.com says... Be careful. More than 95%, and in another place it said more than 90%, of self-proclaimed healers are fakes. They are just magicians who give true healers a bad name. So you have to pay this guy to take you to the true healers, basically. He's saying, I got the in. These, whatever. Um, Continuing with the quote. As for the magicians who appear on TV claiming that psychic surgery is not real, these showmen have never cared to visit the Philippines or investigate a genuine surgeon. You can ignore them. Is this person practicing in the Philippines and Brazil? No, he... I don't think so. This person practices their own healing energy stuff, and then they will also take you on a trip to the real healer in in the Philippines. Must have to leave the country so you don't start violating medical laws. But okay, go ahead. Mm. Right? <laughs> I would think so. Okay, this is the last quote from therapies.com. This is the one that really pissed me off. Remember, there is a reason why you are sick. 
you have partly created your illness. Going back to your country without changing what you have done wrong will mean that your disease will come back. Yet another out. If you go back home and your disease comes back, that's not my fault. That's your fault because you didn't live right, I guess. So let me just shake off the rage there's so much of that victim blaming like you know i'm a spiritual person and i love like having a spiritual practice but some of the things man where they're like it's your fault i'm like yeah no yeah it's that (laughs) stop it bullshit of like you didn't think positively enough or something anyway oh my god so so mad okay now i'm gonna talk a little bit about the history of psychic surgery so It started to appear in the spiritualist communities of the Philippines and Brazil in the mid-1900s, although there is an earlier account from the 16th century explorer Alvar Nunez Cabeza de Vaca, Um, and he he was told by the um, indigenous people there of a bearded figure known as Malacosa, which means evil thing, who would cut into someone's abdomen with a flint knife, remove part of their innards, and then burn it in a fire, Afterwards, the incision would close spontaneously. Sounds kind of horrifying and traumatic, but okay. Right? Oh, my God. You're going to rip my innards out and burn them in a fire? No. Okay. So this concept was introduced to Americans in a 1959 book called Into the Strange Unknown by Ron Ormond and Ormond McGill. That's not confusing. And here's a quote from that book. We still don't know what to think, but we have motion pictures to show it wasn't the work of any normal magician and could very well be just what the Filipinos said it was, a miracle of God performed by a fourth dimensional surgeon. I just can't stop thinking about how those two met. Like, oh, your first name is (laughs) Ormond? That's my last name. Wow. We should investigate weird shit together. (laughs) Oh, please, please continue. Yeah. So... So that it got, it's got a little attention in America, and then we're moving on to the '70s, where some people started practicing psychic dentistry. <laughs> no, that's not a thing. Yeah. Um, and one, per- I will name one person in particular because this is just I had to include this. His name was Willard Fuller, and he claimed he could cause dental fillings to appear spontaneously. He could change silver fillings into golden fillings, straighten crooked teeth. Or even produce new teeth in your mouth. No, okay. you cannot, sir. No. No, I have a little bit more on him later when I get to the debunking section, so okay. get excited. One last little bit of history, which I found very sad and interesting, um, and there are pictures of this, should you want to look it up. Uh, in March of 1984, comedian, performance artist, uh, tortured genius, Andy Kaufman... Visited the Philippines to receive a six-week course of psychic surgery after all the holistic shit treatments in California failed to cure his large cell carcinoma, which is a type of rare lung cancer. When he got back, Kaufman told everyone his cancer had been removed, but two months later, he died on May 16th. Mm. Yeah. Which is sad. And for some reason, I got a little lump in my throat reading that. Well, because it's sad. feeling emotional today. Yeah. It's very sad. I hate that so much. Okay. We don't have to talk about why. It's obvious. All right. Now for the science turd, skepticism and debunking, my favorite part. Turd, 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 turd. All right. So I'm going to shoot them out of the turd cannon at me. Oh, here it goes. I'm shooting them, baby. So Wikipedia defines psychic surgery as quote, a pseudoscientific medical fraud in which practitioners create the illusion of performing surgery with their bare hands and use sleight of hand, fake blood, and animal parts to convince the patient that disease lesions have been removed and that the incision has spontaneously healed. Okay. So, yuck. If Wikipedia straight up off the bat says it's that, that's pretty much evidence that the medical and scientific community at large also holds that opinion. I would... Yeah, because on Wikipedia, they will say in parentheses that it can't be verified or something if they were unable to verify it. So, Right. It's interesting. Exactly. 
Okay, so call back to Mr. Willard Fuller, the psychic dentist. A dentist explain. Excuse me. A dentist examined a real dentist. Oh, a, a real one. dentist <laughs> examined some of his patients, some of Fuller's patients, um, and in one case, the miraculous gold filling turned out to be just a tobacco stain on the tooth. <laughs> And in another case, a patient reported a miraculous new silver filling, admitted that she had forgotten that the filling was already there. (laughs) What is going on? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. So Willard Fuller debunked. Moving on. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission describes psychic surgery as a, quote, total hoax. And during their investigation, two psychic surgeons provided testimony in the trial that, to their knowledge, the organic matter supposedly removed from the patients usually consisted of animal tissue and clotted blood. So these are two people who practice psychic surgery who said, yeah, it's just animal parts and blood. Get that shit off me. Ew. Gross. Ew. (laughs) I don't want it. Uh, The judge in the trial... Daniel H. Hanscom said, quote, psychic surgery is pure and unmitigated fakery. The surgical operations of psychic surgeons with their bare hands are simply phony. And I can hear, I can hear people who don't trust the government. I mean, you can lump me in with that group the majority of the time saying, well, of course, that's what they want you to think because they want to make money off of their stuff. And it's like, sure, whatever. (laughs) Okay. I'm never going to convince those people of anything. Okay. In 1990, the American Cancer Society stated that it, quote, found no evidence that psychic surgery resulted in, results in objective benefit in the treatment of any medical condition and strongly urged individuals who are ill not to seek treatment by psychic surgery. The British Columbia Cancer Agency strongly urges individuals who are ill to also not seek treatment by psychic surgeons. There was a doctor named William Nolan who investigated this in his book, Healing, A Doctor in Search of a Miracle, that came out in 1974, and he uncovered many cases of fraud. There was a 1989 episode of Unsolved Mysteries where a police officer went undercover to investigate a psychic surgeon after his own mother claimed to have been cured by that surgeon and died shortly after her treatment. So he went in and he pretended to be sick, and when he saw the tumors and cysts that the practitioner claimed to have removed he said they looked a lot like chicken parts so (laughs) yeah not that i want to trust a cop but you know whatever and and then michael palin had a tv show where he would travel the world i think it's called full circle with michael palin and then he witnessed two separate instances instances of psychic surgery and when he when he expressed doubt to the practitioner he was told that he's a Westerner and he cannot understand the surgery because he doesn't have a third eye. Everybody has a third eye, man. Right, right. (laughs) Okay, and now I'm going to end on the real experts, magicians and illusionists. Ah, yeah. (laughs) So a professional magician named Milborn Christopher investigated psychic surgeons and observed what he was sure was sleight of hand that magicians and illusionists use to perform their tricks. Uh, Chris Angel Mind Freak actually performed psychic surgery on one of his shows, and so did Pin and Teller. Oh, wow. Yeah, but my favorite, where I'm going to end, is, of course, the amazing James Randi, who actually performed psychic surgery on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. You could watch it on YouTube. What? Um, yes, and this is his, ex- is, he explains psychic surgery like this. The surgeon would slightly roll or pinch the skin over the area to be treated. When his flattened hand reaches under the roll of skin, it looks and feels as if the practitioner is actually entering into the patient's body. The healer would have prepared in advance small pellets or bags of animal entrails, which would be palmed in his hand or hidden under the table within easy reach. This organic matter would simulate the diseased tissue that the healer would claim to be removing. If the healer wants to simulate bleeding, he might squeeze a bladder of animal blood or an impregnated sponge. If done properly, this procedure may deceive patients and observers. So nasty. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, it's very nasty. And like I said, I watched, I watched all of the magicians and illusionists do their thing. 
and I watched all of the psychic surgeons do their thing, and it looks exactly like the same thing. Also, the movements that they use, the psychic surgeons, are so, like, so deliberate looking, and they always have an assistant and, like, bowls of, like, water and towels and stuff off to the side. And on camera, you can never see clearly what is in the bowls and what's going on. And the and the assistant wipes the blood away, but in a couple of videos I watched, they wipe it in this very deliberate motion. It's always the same. And I'm like, and it looks like a gesture that a magician would use. Like they're wiping yeah. and maybe leaving something behind, you know, and they move around to different parts of the body. So they'll like do it at the stomach, then do it over your heart and maybe on your head or whatever. And they've already got blood on their fingers. So, you know, after the first time, the blood there's blood then they move over to another spot and they're just rubbing blood around on your skin it seems very unsanitary especially if you are actually using a, a an implement to cut people and then you're just rubbing all kinds of things all over them ah i'm so grossed out i might have to throw up okay me too let's <gasps> go throw getting up to, it's getting to my uh vasal vagra passing out disease okay <clears throat> blah 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 gross 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 is any of that real um what the fuck no no yes <laughs> everything you said i just i'm well, i don't understand do, do people go so i'm lo- i was looking at that therapies.com and they tell you they're like psychic surgeons so you how do you go in there and really think they're pulling something out of you if you've read about it because you because you're desperate and you believe it i don't know I don't... they actually think they're they are going into your body and pulling stuff out Quick Google search tells you they're not. Wait, so did the people, I didn't, the people selling this therapy, they don't, do they tell you they're not faking it? They pretend it's real. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely real. They are There's absolutely no disclaimer. tumors out of your body. That's got to be medical malpractice. They must be doing it only in other countries or, I mean, do they do it in the U.S.? Or, I'm baffled. I don't think so. I I couldn't find any people that claim to practice it here, probably because, you know, they would get they have to go where charges. there isn't the a specific law against it. I would imagine because otherwise, if right. you're telling yeah. someone, or if I tell someone I'm going to mo- remove a tumor from your body, come lay down on my couch, and then I rub chicken blood all over them, and then tell them they're cured, I'm getting sued. I'm go probably going to court right. like this. What? Right. Yeah. Unless you're in Florida, then you're cool. <laughs> I won't be in Florida. <laughs> Maybe they've changed it since then. I don't know. God, we'll have to look I hope into so. it. But... That was the 1950s, so. Oh, Lord. You just made me, ha- my vomit, my gag reflex. I whew. I know. I feel nauseous, too. I don't That's recommend nasty. watching the videos unless you, like, really want to see what I'm talking about. But seriously, you could put the magician and the psychic surgeon side by side and it's the exact same thing oh my 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 no my 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 <laughs> well should we ask the magic eight ball something to like clear our palate i don't know i don't know magic eight ball am i gonna throw up because <laughs> i feel like i am magic eight oh, ball god i'll i'll be specific is sarah gonna throw up today because you're going to probably throw up at some point in your life, so got to... Uh, no, you're not. Oh, good. You're not. Okay. All right, cool. Good. I don't feel like barfing in a wig. That doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> uh-uh, no. Someone is going to have to hold your wig. I should go down there and hold your wig for you. Hold my wig. I need to barf on my laptop right now. That's why uh. it'll be a relief when we can record these in person, because... I can hold your wig. I can get your laptop out of the way if you need to barf. I can hold your hand while we talk about scary things. Oh my gosh, please do, because I get It'll scared be over here. Y'all, you if you have anything to say about any of this, or if anything weird or mysterious has ever happened to you, will you just like write to us about it, please? Please, that would be great. We'll read it on a future random weirdness. We love doing that. It's so much fun. It's a none of this is real podcast at gmail.com, or you can slide into our DMs on Instagram and like we said at the beginning, we would love it if you would go check out our Patreon um, or our Redbubble, where Sarah has made a lot of really rad merch. If you're on Redbubble and you just look up None of This Is Real, most of it, most of the results are our stuff. So. This is true, although a co-worker of Lauren's 
um, texted him the other day and was like, hey, my neighbor was wearing this sweatshirt and I thought of Sarah and it was a sweatshirt that said none of this is real and it was not ours. Whoa. So this is a concept other people are also into that nothing is real. <laughs> right. Exactly. So we're, we're on board here. Um, oh, could you rate and review us, please? It would help people find us. And thank you, Michaela DeLeon and Gil Davis for the theme song. Yes. Thank you so much. So spooky and beautiful. Spooky and beautiful. Just like y'all. That's true. I think that's basically it. I just I want to remind everybody that uh, you don't have to believe any of the things we just said. No, you really, really don't. But I, I do really want you to believe on yourself. Oh, God, please believe all over yourself. Like chicken blood. And... How about instead of chicken blood? <laughs> Instead of chicken blood, rub belief on yourself. Please. Oh my god, stop. It's Bye. much better. I love you. Bye. I feel like an end like that. An end like that? Oh, let's listen to it. Yeah.